Is this thing on? Welcome, challenge fans, to another episode of the Rotten Banana Podcast. I'm your host, Logan of HedrickFiles.com. Joining me, as always, my bestie back east, long time, no talk, not really, but at least on the record, Allie, how the hell you doing, girl? I'm sorry, who is this? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's been a hot <laughs> Just sec. Just kidding. Hi! We are back for one episode. Hey, I have a white cloth. We'll crack that bad boy. My nail is stuck. (laughs) Because I've been saving this peach-flavored loud lemon for just this occasion. (laughs) I love it. Sitting in the back of my fridge for the last year. Peach is like, is top two for me of loud lemon flavors. Mm. Once it hits your lips, it's just so good. I know. I know. How are you? What are we doing? (laughs) I don't know what to do with my hands. What are we doing here? I literally had to wipe dust off of this microphone. <laughs> <laughs> when you first called, it wasn't plugged into the computer. I was like, oh, good old times, because how many times have I done that? So it's like, it's sort of like we picked right back up, but also I, too, have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> I had to update Skype about six times in the recorder, so it's definitely been <laughs> seven months since we've tried this thing. It feels a little weird. <laughs> But it's kind of like riding a bike and glad to be doing it with you. Yeah, same. I've missed you. It's like, well, it's like you said, like we talk very frequently, just not on the record. So I was super excited when we shared that we were going to do an episode. I just felt like we had some things we needed to talk about. There's been a lot lot going on in our lives, a lot going on in the challenge world. We got new spinoff shows. We got a million different challenge manias that have happened in the last couple months. So yeah, we do. Wow. Yeah, we do. I think we've got a lot to chat about. So, uh, where should we start? Oh man, we do. I just realized, I think we should start with probably the biggest thing on the docket for the night, Logan. Hmm. What might that be? You're engaged. (laughs) I got engaged. You guys know Diana. Uh, she, you know, has been on the podcast a couple times. She did love Island pod a year or two ago. Uh, we went to Europe this summer and it was the most incredible trip I've ever been on. We went to Austria and Croatia. Uh, and we got engaged in Dubrovnik, Croatia. Uh, I don't know how much of the details you guys want to hear, but like this whole trip was absolutely nuts. We went I think you to... should share whatever details you are comfortable sharing. I, okay. I know I want to hear it all. But it's like, you know, keep some of it for yourself too. For sure. So we uh, flew... Through Frankfurt, got to Austria, got to um, Vienna. Immediately that next morning, we went out to the Formula One race at the Austrian Grand Prix, which was... Okay, wait. Can I interrupt? I'm interrupting already. Did you miss me in doing this? Um, When you told me about this trip, the two things that you told me were that you were going to the, the Formula One race and that you were going to propose. And I was like, Logan... I don't think I need I, I don't think I need to say that 
maybe those two things shouldn't happen at the same time. But <laughs> I was like, listen, if Logan wants to get engaged at a Formula One race, then God, God love him because that's what he's going to do. I, I kept it to myself, but I was very glad that out of all the views that you were going to experience on that vacation, uh, you didn't drop down on one knee while well, race cars or whatever well, Lewis they are, Hamilton going screams by a Mercedes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, the, the plan was always to do it in Croatia, but so, so we always wanted to go to Croatia on this trip and a formula one race. So it was a matter of like, do we want to go to Monaco? Do we want to go to the race in the UK? And it kind of worked out that we were just like, okay, well, we're going to do beginning of July and do, um, the Austrian. All right. So we went to the race for basically the, uh, a full day, which I don't recommend. Uh, probably just we, if I did it again, would have gone many hours later just for the race. We kind of expected it to be a little more of like a festival style feel, but it was kind of more, I don't know, just there was like a beer garden. And it was, it was funny. My friend had actually warned me. He was like, when you go to Austria, just just be aware. Austrian people love the song Sweet Caroline. And I was like, wow, that is an incredibly random fact. And then as we're walking into the race, there's like a band playing in the beer garden. Guess what song they're playing? They're playing Sweet Caroline. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> it was, it was, it was like. That it's also a thing in like UK boxing. Oh, no. Interesting. Brian's really big into the, is it boxing? Or like, I don't, is it, I know it's not MMA. We don't watch that. Mm-hmm. But. I think it's bo- it's whatever Eddie Hearn is involved in that babe of babe of a man. They sing Sweet Caroline in these like huge arenas before these big multi-million dollar fights and they love it. They go crazy over it. <laughs> never never loved the song, but being in the moment there was was a funny experience. Yeah, for sure. Uh so we were there for the sprint race, so there's kind of there's the qualifying and then a couple races a year have this sprint race where in lieu of qualifying, you still do the qualifying to get your grid for the sprint, but then it's whatever order you finish the sprint race in, you're actually is the order for the, the race the next day. So it's like a half race, which okay. is perfect. So, you know, you're not there watching them go around for two straight hours, only like 45 Gosh, minutes. Yeah. Right. So that was a good time. Got to explore Vienna a little bit the next couple days. Uh, we went out to Hallstatt, which is where they filmed The Sound of Music, which was absolutely stunning and beautiful. Uh, this little gorgeous town kind of carved into this you know, side of a hill right on a lake, picturesque. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we, we flew down to Split in Croatia, did a day trip to Havar, which is kind of the Ibiza of the Croatian islands. Uh, went out to Plitvica, which is this insane national park that's all – literally the whole thing is just waterfalls and lakes. Like by the end wow. of it, you're actually kind of sick of it. You're like, god damn, give me something else. But like, this Another waterfall. But this beautiful <laughs> crystal clear water I can see the bottom of. Come on. Yeah, it's something Barf. else. Just kidding. It was amazing. Um, um, and then, Logan, did you um, use any sort of travel assistance company or did you guys book and plan this yourselves? So we did it all through experience. Which I wouldn't really okay. recommend only because we had to change flights a couple times, change a few accommodations. Yeah, Diana when you did don't more correct, it's hard. Right. D- Diana did most of the booking of Airbnbs and hotels just individually, but I, okay. I did all the flights. 
flew Condor Air out there, which wasn't great. Small, small seats. Turkish Airlines back, which was, I'll, I'll get to the Turkish Airlines part at the end. That that got a little crazy. Uh, so we're in Split. Uh, took a ferry boat down to Dubrovnik, and Split and Dubrovnik are a few of the places that they filmed King's Landing for Game of Thrones. Which, uh, yeah, obviously that was part of the reason I wanted to go. Uh, right. It's it, it just, it's hard for me to describe, but it's just the the. It's just so cool to me because, you know, when you go and visit uh, countries that have a far deeper and and farther back history than America, Mm -hmm, you know, I -hmm. I, I live in an apartment complex in here in San Francisco. It's a hundred year old building and it's like one of the oldest buildings still left standing after after a few of the earthquakes we've had here. You go out there and I guess for me in my mind. I guess for me in my mind, I kind of more think like modern European cities and then you can go and visit, you know, Pompeii and some of these mm-hmm. older, you know, uh, ancient ruins and stuff like that. Croatia and specifically Dubrovnik, we stayed in Old Town, which there's no cars allowed. It's all just cobblestone alleyways. Like you have to walk across the t- to get up to our mm-hmm. Airbnb, which, you know, it's not far. It's only like 15 minutes, but... It's just so wild to me that it's still a functioning city and it's the way that they built it, you know, five, six, seven hundred years ago. So mm-hmm. Dubrovnik is is one of my favorite places in the world. Uh, so Diana kind of knew I was going to propose on a Saturday. I had all these big plans and I was just like, ah, I got there has to be some element of surprise here. So Friday, after we had spent a few hours at Bouja Bar, which is maybe the coolest place in the the coolest city on earth. It's this bar just carved out of the side of the the cliffs. You can literally jump from the cliffs into the sea from there. Uh, I think you sent me pictures of that bar. And I was like, I hope, I really hope he proposed here. I was trying to keep my opinions to myself because I didn't want to be like, oh, don't do that. (laughs) Definitely do this. Because... I knew you were probably already having, you know, nervous feelings and I didn't want to make anything worse. But when you sent me that picture from that bar, I was like, good gravy. I hope that's where the magic happened. So it wasn't that exact spot. That bar was actually literally across the alleyway from our Airbnb. So it felt like that was kind of like our home away from home. We spent like a couple hours there every day, but I had already been on Google maps trying to find all the coolest locations around old town, you know, in the weeks leading up to this trip. And I found this little pier and I knew they had filmed a couple game of Thrones scenes there. So I knew it was, you know, very picturesque. It's like looking out, it's kind of in this little bay. And, uh, I didn't want there to be too many people. So I I had the ring in my pocket and we're walking down there. I'm like, okay, it's like kind of quiet. We can kind of have our moment alone. So I'm sitting there, I'm getting nervous. I go and, I, I, there's these two girls at the end of the pier and I'm like, Oh man, please tell me they speak English just so I can like, <laughs> communicate what I'm trying to do here. So I went up to him. I was like, Hey, can you take a picture? And I guess they were British. They're like, Oh yeah, of course. I was like, okay, here's the real situation. It's on video. Just click record. I'm about to propose. I showed her the ring. She was like, Oh, okay. Okay. She was like all in. So I go down I there. It. I start pretending like we're doing a photo shoot get down on one knee and uh, we had the big moment and there, there's a, a little crowd of like five or 10 people on the side that, that gave us some cheers. 
but it was incredible. It was amazing. And then we kind of walked along the, um, underneath the wall and we're going to take some selfies to send to some family literally right as I'm holding the camera about to take the first picture. We get pooped on by a bird. (laughs) (laughs) Diana feels this big plop on her hat. And I'm like, what the hell was that? So she takes her hat off and we like kind of wash it off. And then I, uh, I I didn't even notice it, but if if you look in some of the selfies I took, there's a little splatter of bird poop on my shoulder, but I think it, that that's what people who don't get pooped on tell people that get pooped on. Yes. Um, you better believe if I got pooped on, I would tell everybody it was good luck. <laughs> <laughs> so the people uh, who get pooped on should be the the champions of that concept. Uh, it's hard to be excited about being pooped on, though. I'll, I'll well, you, you just got much. engaged, so if anyone could do it, it was you. <laughs> so uh, I think it just added, you know, kind of to the story and to the moment. Uh, so that was incredible. The next day, Saturday, we did uh, like a romantic sunset private cruise around the bay in Dubrovnik. And then Sunday, we kind of just had the day to ourselves to explore the city and hang out. So, man, Dubrovnik is incredible. I cannot highly recommend it enough for any of our listeners out there who are thinking of doing a Europe vacation. Set it up for next summer. It, it's kind of crazy. Everyone we talked to, all the you know service workers, our boat tour guide, everyone, they say the city is popping for about six, seven, eight months, you know, from spring to late summer. And then they shut the whole, not really shut the city down, but like all the restaurants shut down, all the tourist spots and locations shut down and all the workers like leave to go do construction or something else, you know, in another town for the next six months. So Mm -hmm. you, you, you would hope that because it's still kind of warm in the winter there, that it would be like a nice kind of off, you know, high season time to go. But apparently not. You kind of have to do it in the summer during during the crazy months. But I still say it's worth it. Uh, it's unlike anything I've ever seen. And it's really cool to just kind of every turn you make, you're like, so, you know, there's so much history in in the churches there. And it just just down every alley, you know, there's been a million different things that have, that have happened. So I loved it. And uh yeah. Trip of a lifetime. Got engaged to the love of my life, Diana. And we are now looking at venues. And I was going to say, have now, you jumped into wedding planning? Um, a, a little bit. For a little bit. I think we're going to do it in Monterey next summer. So we're planning a trip down there in the next couple of weeks. Start looking at venues. And uh, yeah, the, the process has begun. Cool. Um, tell us about the flight home really quick. Oh, yeah. So Turkish Airlines. Because it wouldn't be a Logan Hedrick vacation if some hijinks didn't. Something has to go wrong. You know, it has to be a a life altering (laughs) COVID nineteen diagnosis or the the worst food poisoning ever known to man. (laughs) It has to be something, right? Right. So, I I guess kind of my fault. I'd only given us an hour and a half transfer window in uh, Turkey in Istanbul for getting from Dubrovnik back to San Francisco, which everybody says like, Oh, give yourself at least like four or five hours. This was kind of the most convenient flight back booked it for about hour, 15 hour, hour and a half. The the flight getting there, it was short. It was only about two hours, but it didn't leave until 
two hours late. So they literally never even gave us a chance to catch our connecting flight. So before we even left Dubrovnik, we had already had a hotel booked and paid for by Turkish airlines. So it wasn't like a total nightmare. So we got to basically spend a free night in Istanbul. We weren't really in the cool part of town. Uh, We did go out and grab a bite to eat and then could not find a Lyft or an Uber or a taxi to take us back to our hotel. Oh, my God. So we were kind of freaking out about that, but it all worked out. Um, So that was a good time. And then we got on – woke up at 4 a.m. to get on a a 13-and-a-half-hour flight back to San Francisco, which – your mind goes to some dark places in 13 and a half hours sitting in a tiny little chair. <laughs> I watched about three quarters of four different movies and was just like, I hate this. I don't even care what the movie is. I'm over it. I can't look at this little screen anymore. Yeah. Yeah. That's, um, that's a, that's a long time. Brian and I have talked about possibly going to Paris, um, or, Maybe Greece for our mm-hmm. ten year wedding anniversary. Oh, nice! Which <laughs> is only two years away, which is fucking wild. But um, I have said, like, if we're gonna do that, let's start putting some money aside so we can fly first class. Because I can't think of and and I say this as the person who got drunk last Thursday night and upgraded <laughs> my flights to Nashville next week to first class. Um, I can't think of a better time to justify flying first class. I don't think I resent anyone more than when I'm getting on a flight and I see like a 10 year old kid sitting in first class. Yeah. Just like, fuck you kid. You didn't earn that. You, you don't deserve that luxurious, beautiful seat. (laughs) (laughs) Then I go back to my, that's going to be me. I'm going to be a 10 year old. That was Europe. It was amazing and incredible. And yeah, got, we, we've been dating for six and a half years and, you know, I've known for a really long time that I wanted to do this, but a lot of crazy circumstances over the last couple of years that kind of mm-hmm. you know put this on the back burner. So glad it's finally happening. And, um, it's yeah, don't, exciting. don't, don't know if Patty is going to be able to manage a uh, cameo at the wedding. She might have to stay boarding, you know, that many people, she gets a little rambunctious. Well, if you need somebody to be on Patty cake duty, it can be me. <laughs> I could be the man for that job. Well, very exciting. I know everyone in our little circle and our big circle is very, very excited for you guys. Um, And I can't wait to have an excuse to come to Monterey next summer. Yeah. Hell yeah. It's going to be the the party of the (laughs) summer down in Monterey. Heck yeah. All right. So what the hell have you been doing this summer, Allie? Oh, man. Picking up seven jobs along the way. Yeah. Um, Still at the radio station, loving it. Um, Things have like fully picked back up post COVID. Um, I started my job at the radio station. Well, you know this at uh, in um, in May of 2019, so I didn't even make it a year before COVID. Um, So I've basically always done my job in In the context of COVID. Yeah, in the times. so it's nice to feel like that's picking back up. The problem is I feel like I said a yes to a lot of things um, before everything picked back up. And now it just feels like everything is busy. Um, I am participating in this um, it, it, this leadership program that the chamber um, puts on. And it's a, like a cohort, 
cohort-based fellowship with like 25 people. Um, and we meet over the court from May to September over the course of 12 sessions. We've met with um, like local elected officials, uh, local nonprofit leaders, um, people who own small businesses in town, people who own big businesses in town, people who help other people open small and big businesses in town. Um, the networking is really great. I really like most of the people <laughs> that I'm in there with. Um, it's about to come to a close at the end of this month. We have a couple more sessions. One I will miss next week for reasons I will explain in a moment. Um, but then we, we also are tasked with planning a fundraiser and, um, I, you know, came from a background of event planning. So I was very excited to lead that charge. We are hosting a drag bingo event, um, in two weeks, just about two weeks. So I'm really excited. I mean, I, I function better when I'm busy. Um, but I, I'm definitely reaching the, I'm ready for some things to not be on my plate anymore. Yeah, um, you're coming to the breaking point. You need some, uh, a nice spa day in between. I do. I do. Logan, that would be such a nice, like August 2nd gift for you to give me. Um, <laughs> I'll, I'll see what no. the, the Rob banana budget is looking like this month. Yeah. Well, we haven't done this in fucking seven months, so it's probably not great. Um, <laughs> but you know, I always used to, I always tell people that when I used to wait tables, I was a really bad waitress when I had one table and I was a really good waitress when I had like nine. So that's sort of how I still function. It's easier for me to like manage my time and, and be task oriented if I have a lot going on than if I have a little going on. So I will always be a person who intentionally has a lot going on, but, um, um, I, yeah, I'm about at the end. So I have, um, I'm going to this women in radio conference next week in Nashville. Super exciting actually. So they obviously haven't had it in two or three years. And I was one of 25 chosen from all over the country to go to this conference. Um, and we had sort of an intro to it today, actually, where, um, I was introduced to the women that I'm going to be doing this event with, and they are like managing nine, 10 radio stations in a New York city market or a Vegas market, or it's sort of wild that I was even chosen. Some of them mentioned they've been trying to get in for three and four years. So I don't know why they picked me, but I'm very excited that they did. Um, other than you're just amazing and completely qualified. Well, thank you. I I think, I think that too, um, just that my market is so much more local, um, and small. Um, so I'm, I'm basically just surprised that I'm, I'm somehow still in this, in conversation with these huge markets. Anyways, um, I feel like I'm sharing more than anyone cared to know, but just a lot going on right now. A lot of like career focused stuff. And it's kind of nice because when you and I stopped doing the podcast many moons ago, we both said that we wanted to focus on other things. And mm -hmm. I feel really, um, gratified with what I've been able to do with that time. Um, and, and where I am now based on that, like commitment to myself of like, we're not going to do the podcast anymore. And I'm going to take that time and I'm going to, and energy and focus it into other things. And it's really actually paying off. So, um, and you've still got Cooper and I, Brooke and you've still got, I still have, yeah, I have Cooper and Brooke. It's going really well. Um, and I started another business, <laughs> um, at the beginning of June, evergreen statement. I've started know, another business. God. Um, it's called crown plus size and it's all secondhand, like thrifted, uh, plus size clothing for plus size people, which the um, website came out 
amazing, I have to say. Thank you. I did it myself. Um, so, yeah, a lot of stuff going on. But I miss you. I can't believe we don't do this anymore. I know. It does feel weird, you know, having had like a whatever it was, a, a standing recording date and time of, uh-huh. you know, Thursdays for years. And then to just yeah. like completely remove that from our schedules has oh, been. Oh, and sometimes it was, it was Thursdays, it was Mondays and Tuesdays, and then there'd be a trivia and then there'd be, I mean. Yeah. During, at least that time was during COVID when it, for me, at least, you know, I, I wasn't working or I was working, you know, very sparingly that I could focus a lot of time and energy into that. But You've had a job all the way through, so I don't know how you've always juggled, you know, dealing with my candy ass on the podcast, basically. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love you. Um, we also adopted um, a new dog. I know. <laughs> His name is Macaroni. Um, he's like a little Jack Russell Terrier Chihuahua mix, and I think we did not expect to adopt a dog so soon after losing Cooper. We have a um, a segment on the radio station called Adopt a Pet. And um, I'm rarely there for it because it's sort of early in the morning. Um, But one morning I happened to be there and Mac was the adopt a pet. And we just like kind of fell in love. And the the people from the shelter were like, we've never seen him like this. And we brought him home and he, he and Cammy, you know, she's a big dog. He's a little dog. He has a lot of little brother energy towards her. (laughs) Um, But I think she likes being his big sister. It is. First of all, (laughs) the size is like, you know, you, when you first sent me pictures, I was like, yeah, he's really, really cute. And then I saw him in comparison and I was like, wait, okay. He's like, I want him in my palm my for 24 He's hours so a day. Li- <laughs> I, I know. I like can put him in a purse. I never thought I would be a little dog person, but um, he comes to work with me and he's a good boy. And Looks like he's got a lot of personality. We needed somebody to, a, an animal to come into our house with just an absolute excess of joy. Um, mm-hmm. Cause we were so sad after losing Coop. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what macaroni has done. I mean, he was a lunatic in the first few weeks. Um, (laughs) and maybe that was a gift too, because we needed to be distracted. Like we didn't have time. I mean, I'm sad over Coop every day. I miss him every day, but when macaroni came home, we didn't have time to sit and wallow in our sadness. Right. We had this crazy responsibility in our house. Yeah. Yeah. So the, yeah, he was just a gift all around. That's amazing. Um, so bit busier than ever, which I literally didn't think was possible the moment that we stopped the podcast back in January. Yeah, I know that whole, uh, I can't wait to like have all that free time. Everyone I said that to must've like turned around and laughed as soon as they walked away from me. Like, <laughs> you're going to fill that free time. I also have a part-time job at a blow dry bar, which is like, what do we, I, I don't even know what I'm doing here. I'm, I, yeah, I can't even put a sentence together about managing my own schedule. So <laughs> let's talk about the challenge. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, I wanted to give just a little bit more of a life update on just kind of what I've been doing real quick. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, I've always kind of worked in the film industry, but the last seven or eight months I've been working on this really big project. I actually can't really say sign a couple NDAs about it, but it's an award show and it's been really cool to be a part of like every aspect of production. Like, from concept and pre-production to wow. filming the whole thing. And then 
uh, we're kind of we're, the last few weeks working on it right now. Uh, I've been mastering some audio for it. So that's been really exciting. And then my next project, it, this is more of like a my project than something professionally really, but about 10 years ago, uh, I wrote a script about, uh, see, I'm, I'm still like hesitant about how much I want to like release about this. I'll definitely tell you yeah, more no, no, about no. it off the record, but it's a, based on a true story, it's a true crime, uh, a story of, of passion and of deception. Uh, it's, it's something local that happened here about 10, 12 years ago. And I wrote okay. this really shoddily, quickly, shitty written script 10 years ago when I was living in LA. And, uh, I've kind of been thinking about it. I'm like, okay, how about I take that and turn it into like a five or 10 minute, like short film and see if I can, cause that's far more realistic than, you know, me ever just making a 90 minute film. Like let's, sure. let's figure out the logistics of potentially making this short film and then kind of take it from there. So hopefully you know, filmmaking is not a, a quick process, but hopefully sometime, maybe in the next six months, a year, I have something final to show for it. So keep your eye out. You know, this is something that I've always wanted to to really sink my teeth into creatively and uh, hope you guys enjoy it if and when it comes out. It's, it's a really, really, really crazy story. And when things are a little more finalized, I will definitely give you guys more info about it. But uh, yeah, it's it's a true crime. And it happened right here in the Bay Area. So that's so exciting. Keep your eyes peeled. All right. Shall we jump a little bit into our field of expertise? Yeah, I'm feeling like a little too like grown up and like we have our shit together. So can we talk about <laughs> let's run can, run the years yeah, back we, to our early twenties. Go back in time a little bit. All that mattered was reality TV. <laughs> all right. So we wanted to chat a little bit about all-stars season three and then um of course i know you guys are all watching it because everybody's fucking tweeting about it the challenge <laughs> usa aka cbs challenge which i have some hot takes on but i will say it's better than i expected uh but let's start with with all-stars three because that is truly our bread and butter that has yeah. you know, been one of our favorite things to cover over the years um yeah well, what did you think? What did you think of the winners? How, I mean, so spoiler alert, and I'm calling you out by name, Anya, for spoiling All-Star Season 3 winners <laughs> for me back in Challenge Mania Live here in San Francisco. Still love you, girl. But, um, yeah, I knew, I know that you figured out that Wes won just from me being terrible <laughs> at, at hiding it, but yeah, he was the star exactly, of the whole season. This is exactly how it went. The season finished filming, and Logan texted me and said, be careful on the internet today. The winners, uh, the season, like, finished filming, so the winners are out, and spoilers are all over the place. You guys know exactly how that goes. And I literally replied and said, did Wes win? <laughs> Question mark. Yep, yep. Or, yeah. And Logan and I play this game every year since we've been doing this, every season since we've been doing this together, where I say do you know who won? And he says, yeah. And I'm like, oh, who was it? And he's like, it's such a trap. Because he's like, do you really want to know? Like, I, <laughs> and I never want to know, but I, but I want to know. It's always the same dance. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, um, 
Yeah, I, he didn't, you didn't know how to react that I guessed it. Like, no. I was just like, huh? Like, yeah, Wes? Wes? Who? Never heard of him. No, couldn't. Who? No, 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 no. No, couldn't have been him. No, no, no. Did you say yes? <laughs> um, so that's how that happened. So yes. Yes and Wes. I did know who won, unfortunately, all through All-Stars 3. Um, it's funny. All-Stars is like a trilogy. One, two, and three, I feel like, hit really different. Yes. Um, Part three really felt like at least one, at least two felt like a direct sequel to one three, you know, bringing in Wes and Kayla and so many of the young er generation felt like its own thing. See, for me, like season one was, was really fun and it was nice to see that it really happened, especially for the non-believers like you. Oh, big time. And then, yeah, you were drinking the haterade. And then, <laughs> um, with season two, yeah, exactly. It was sort of like, okay, sophomore year, like we've hit our stride a little bit. We know that this thing has legs. We got a second season. Uh, we've worked out some of the kinks. And then season three really felt like kind of its own thing, but in a really great like third act plot twist kind of way of like, here are these younger people. Here's Veronica. Um, the the Jemmy, Tina, Veronica thing was um, although they all went home due to unfortunate circumstances, it was for me, I mean, you know how I reacted to Tina and all stars. Yeah, all together was cool. Yeah. Um, so I, you know, I really enjoyed all stars three and I will say, I hope you guys don't take this the wrong way because we do love doing this, but as our first season to be able to watch and not have to turn around and then come like, it was a different watching experience. A thousand um, percent agreed. As opposed to everything over the last three years. Because like I said, we loved it. We loved the show. The podcast never, ever, ever took away from the love of the show. It was just different to be able to watch and turn it off and move on. <laughs> like, right. Do you know what I'm saying? Totally. Because, yeah, when I'm watching with the critical eye, I'm so... You, so much thinking about the production of the show, the editing of it and how, especially knowing the winners. And obviously that part wasn't taken away from watching this one, which I kind of wish I could just, which I'm trying to do for, for 38, please nobody inbox me with the winners. Cause I know they all just got home, but uh, uh, it was, it was cathartic to, to an extent mm -hmm. of like, yeah, just being able to watch it, digest it, turn it off you know, maybe listen to a, a challenge podcast or two along the way, but not have to be creating storylines or content yeah. or psychoanalysis, like in my mind, also associated with the show, letting yeah. being, being able to let other people do that and just consume that and digest that it's yeah. Being a, a podcast listener can be fucking fun sometimes. Who, who knew that? Yeah, it was, um, I, I think just based on the three all-stars seasons, I enjoyed all-stars three a lot, but I, some of it, it was added on because I just got to enjoy it as a viewer mm -hmm. and we were always just viewers, but it, to your point, it's just, it's different when you have to turn around and create a conversation and um, it's just a different viewing experience. I mean, it's like if you had a favorite movie and you watched it all the time, but then one day your teacher made you all watch it 
and take notes and write a report on it, it might not be your favorite movie anymore. Yeah. Because then, yeah. because you had to look at it, it was work. It was it, it, a critical lens. Mm -hmm. And you're mm -hmm. like, I would rather just like turn my brain off and enjoy this. And that's what I was able to do. I have yet to turn my brain back on apparently because I can't <laughs> form a sentence. But, but it was really nice to be able to do that with All Stars 3. Uh, well, let's talk about a few specific things from sure. All Stars. Okay, the first thing that jumps out to me, the Naya and Jordan relationship. Wow, where to even start? Like, I I love that, um, you know, they gave them a few moments in the beginning of the show. I think it was the first episode uh, to kind of explain this journey that they've been on together since their show ended and how contentious it got, you know, in whatever that final was. What was it? Battle of the X's too. Um, mm -hmm. And how she got kicked off. And she was literally the only one that they had to make this technical qualifier for with very right. specific language from TJ about you have all made it to a final. Not that you have right. all participated. Naya is the one. Um, but then to see how much they like love each other. And then from there I was like, okay, that's, that's really fascinating and really a, a cool journey for them. But then to see them jump in bed together and are hooking up a little, I was like, Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. My brain was not prepared for all this. Yeah, it was, I'm all about, and, and I, I want to preface this by saying, I really enjoyed watching Naya this season or uh, Me all too. stars. And I didn't expect to. Um, I thought what she did was really foul and disgusting and El Barfo. Um, so I wasn't expecting to like her, but I really appreciated. And I, and her situation is such a, like a pillar of what all stars is supposed to be, right? which is that, yes, you get to bring back the people that we always loved and we always admired, but you are, you are also required to sort of challenge your brain a little bit and say like, can you accept that? some of the people that maybe you didn't like back then have grown and can you change your opinion on them? Um, however, I, I think what Naya did was really gross. I'm going to use my favorite word icky and to see them have like talking about sexual. Okay. Okay. Back at, back on X's too. Right. Okay. Um, yes. Yes. I mean, she basically like sexually assaulted him. Mm -hmm. Um, and then to see them intimate with each other, I mean, it's not our business, although they put it on TV, so it kind of is, but it felt a little weird to see that that's where the relationship had evolved into. Totally bizarre. Like, I think if the, if you can imagine the genders were swapped, like if, let's say, like, Mandy started hooking up with, who's that uh, guy who ripped her shirt off? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was Vince. Right? I mean, that wouldn't feel good either. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I, I'm glad that they've grown and that they've evolved, but it was the last time we saw Naya, she did something really foul. So it's like, it's just hard to get that taste out of your mouth, no matter how much time goes by, because I haven't seen you since then. Right. That's, that's totally fair. And, and I think that's, that specific reaction was expected, especially by her. Um, but yeah, I mean, clearly she has wanted to grow and, and mm -hmm. wants to change. And, you know, Jordan has obviously had some contentious and incredibly toxic moments on the show, too. So he's been trying to change and grow. I don't know. It right. just felt like um, a very not not the hooking up part, but like their 
journey has it felt very mature and and very much like yes this was like we did very bad things mm-hmm. on tv to each other and to others like mm-hmm. but we're reconciling with it and i i don't expect most of the audience to yeah like forgive them or or be okay with them it's just part of the journey of being on reality tv is you don't get to choose the reaction people have to you you just right. have to put yourself out there yeah, I, I won't let myself believe that I don't think they were hooking up to win anyone over, but I would be surprised if they didn't have a conversation that was something along the lines of like, we can help each other repair our reputations. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm trying not to be so jaded about it, but it That's felt totally a little That's totally fair like, reaction too, though. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Logan. Okay. What about our boy, Yes, Kind of oh completely flipping the script and going like full reality TV villain mode. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> it was crazy, but it's like Wes needed a great antagonist. And yeah. for a hot sec, it was yes. I think probably if if Wes were honest, and maybe he's admitted this on his Patreon, but it doesn't seem like he's the type to admit something like this. I think he probably appreciated that he had someone as smart as him Mm -hmm. to go against Mm -hmm. because he's been like, you know, what's that phrase? Like uh, some punching under his weight class for a long time. Punching down or yeah. Punching down. Yeah. When it comes to like (laughs) an intelligent sparring partner. (laughs) But what was the most interesting to me about the West? Yes. Situation aside, the fact that they have, the same name basically was that I don't know if I have ever seen in my history of watching this show, someone read the edit that they were going to get in the moment, the way Wes did. Hmm, That's fascinating. I am fully convinced that. So this was all coming to a head, the same episode that Wes volunteered to go in for Brad. There was this whole, like, let's let Mark win thing. Brad was like, I don't feel really good about this. I would have won, but I made this plan and now I might be going in. And Wes was like, well, I'll go in for you. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, yes. And Wes are having their little issue. And I fully think that Wes was reading the edit and being like, everyone loves. Yes. He won season one of this show. He's a very beloved character and I'm going up against him hmm. and I need to do something to turn the edit around so that I can somehow still be the good guy here. See, that's some like uber galaxy brain next level thinking 10 steps ahead. But who else would do it? Yeah, then the the genius mastermind himself. Yeah, he's smart enough to do it and I'm smart enough to notice it. So I feel pretty <laughs> good about the concept. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I thought that was a really fun part of the season. It, it was... Mm-hmm. Honestly, it was just like shocking and wild to see this other side of yes. I'm glad that he still had a little messiness still left in his bag. For sure. For sure. And I think, I think Wes really got to him. I think he tried to like out villain the villain. Yeah. Yeah, he he did. And failed miserably. Uh, Okay. I only have two other sort of uh, memorable things I wanted to chat about. Okay. Do you have anything on top of mind about all stars three you wanted to discuss? Um, I, you know, I saw a, I saw Derek's Instagram post today. Um, and he mentioned Veronica 
Okay. You know, Veronica was at his wedding. Um, Derek is from uh, Road Rules Extreme, right? And Veronica is from Road Rules Semester at Sea, which couldn't have taken place more than three seasons, give or take, you know, backwards or forwards. Right. Um, they are such an underrated duo. I mean, when you look back on the last 20 years of this show, before there was Bananas and Kara, there was Derek and Veronica. And they really defined the first like decade of the show. You're right. Yeah. And I I say this about Veronica all the time and I'm going to say it again tonight. That girl paved the way for all the other women who have been on the show and she did it without social media, which always will fucking blow my mind that those women sold shirts and made names for themselves and ended up in magazines and they got paid or Mm -hmm. I hope they got paid. Um, But it, I guess that would just be my thought that I, is lingering today is like the, you know, the, the Derek Paying and Veronica thing, the OGs. they go back like 20 years together as a duo. Yeah. And it's crazy. I don't know if there was anything ever sexual between them, which is probably why they still get along 20 years later. <laughs> um, but to be on reality TV for that long together and to never, when everybody was making out with everybody and, you know, to never have it, cross that line I mean you know me I'm a sucker for a good platonic male female friendship and yeah I think they're an underrated um pairing together specifically so looking back on all-stars three that is part of why it felt so special for Veronica to come back is like she's an OG it's important for her to come back and I was so thrilled to see her there especially with Tina and that was really like you know the headline of it all but there's also a, another underrated friendship there, and it's with Derek. That's really cool. I love that angle. Uh, well, sticking with Derek, uh, I made sure to tune in to Challenge Mania the week that uh, he sent Nehemiah, or he called out Nehemiah because mm-hmm. I actually texted Scott the, the next morning when Diana and I were watching it, and I was like, dude, you need to call out Derek. You need to roast him on the podcast. Not realizing they were recording in that very moment. And he read my text to Derek on air. It was like, yeah, Logan's calling you the fuck out that you didn't call out Wes. Because I'm like, bro, you guys have made shirts about it. It's been right. whatever. Whenever that duel, uh, the first pole wrestle ever was between them. Like, they have 15 plus years of beef in history. This seems like a no brainer. And for Derek to fumble that bag and call out Nehemiah instead, because I guess his claim was that he's been more of his rival, you know, in the all-star seasons, which yeah, obviously, but like, that's because give the people what they want, man. Yeah. You guys literally, they do have t-shirts. I'm surprised that someone from MTV wasn't standing behind the camera (laughs) while Derek was like, I'm going to take the easy way out. I want it to be an easier road. I'm going to choose Nehemiah with like a baseball bat being like, you sure about that, Derek? <laughs> That's not the right answer, bro. <laughs> Try again. <laughs> Which he ended up yeah. losing to him anyways. So, so you know what? I went to Twitter as I do. Um, and we got a question about what our thoughts were on this. So Vic oh, asked nice. about our thoughts on the Nehemiah versus Derek elimination. And it kind of sounds like we have the same thoughts, which is that it's just, it should have been Wes. That's my only thought. Yeah, man. It was an opportunity wasted. I mean, because it was physical. It was 
a, you know, a huge moment for the game. Wes was lobbying to go in because he wanted the most money going into the final, which, mm-hmm. you know, obviously in hindsight didn't end up mattering, but going into it was a huge, huge factor that everyone was freaking out about and, and thinking that they needed to hoard as much of the money as possible. So right. it was just, it seemed like a no brainer, both game wise, reality TV wise, like for the moment, you guys could be selling a billion more shirts now, Derek and Scott. I'm sorry, Scott. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you, man. Uh, I love that then, he called you out. <laughs> I was like, Amazing. oh, shit. Uh, he was probably so excited when he read that text, too. Like, oh, hell yeah. Like, live updates on what the people are thinking. <laughs> From the fandom. Yeah. And then I guess my only other thought, and I don't know if this is, like, too toxic or, or whatever to discuss, but, you know, the, like episode and a half that beth was on she's the only one that actually calls out the all-stars rumor by name and it's just like while she's trying to save herself from being voted in it was just a really weird and bizarre moment so beth is a horrible person (laughs) i i think i texted you that night and yeah. you didn't text me back, which is why I remember, because I said, I think if you cut Beth open, black sludge would come out. <laughs> you know, I really, really wanted to give her a, a new chance. And you didn't fucking answer me, first and, of all. With, and, I'm sorry. <laughs> that's a and weird with, thing to not reply to someone. And with Real World Homecoming, her season, but just like, yeah, I think this is who she is. Just like, no matter the collateral damage as long as beth is a number one it doesn't really matter to her which was fucked up yeah man she's not even a snake because like a snake will come at you if you come at them she's like a, a rat just like always backed in a corner always on the defensive to steal a word from our friends at beyond the blinds kelly and troy she is rotted she is not a good person and also let me just really quickly cover her trajectory of coming on the show she comes on as a replacement refuses to participate in that week's that day's challenge yep literally says no i'm not gonna do it goes into elimination happens to get one and i can say this because i'm a big girl happens to get one that if you are bigger than the other person you can win that elimination probably yeah sends kendall home america's sweetheart and then Ends up back in elimination and quits after literally like lighting a match and throwing it into the gas can. Like she sucks. And I'm not even, I don't care what happened with Johnny and MJ. If they hooked up, y'all got to answer to your spouses and God. I don't care about that. But to come on there and just like not be, you know, incendiary for the sake of it. Yes. She is just a, not a good person, and she's like fifty years old, and it's I fucking know. humiliating. It, I'm it's embarrassed really, for her, right? That that last part because she doesn't needs know to, be, to be embarrassed by herself. That last part it needs to be like reemphasized. Like she's not twenty five and being messy and still growing. Like no, you're a full on adult. This is who you are. Yeah, and you and haven't you suck. really earned the right to be like this like it's not like you come on and you win things and you're like a great and i'm not saying 
I should clarify, just be, being a good competitor doesn't mean you can like fuck with people's lives and being a horrible person. But if there was ever a show where we would justify it. Totally. Totally. Good point. One. Yep. <laughs> if you could run a mile faster than everybody else, we might let you be a fucking asshole, but you can't. So we're not. She sucks. Don't ever fucking invite her back. She's a quitter. TJ hates quitters. She is rotted. Yeah. Cosine times 10 on all accounts. We don't need her. Be done with her. There's 20 other people you could have found as a replacement. We don't bring her back. Correct. Um, and then I guess the, the final straw is, is the final itself. So John a makes history. Wes ends up winning. Uh, I got, of course, our boy Alan Aguirre's uh, finale recap here. He says, the craziest thing about Wes becoming a three times champion is that his wins have come in 2006, 2013, and 2022. Wow. That is nuts to think about. That it's been nine years since his last win. And that he's only had three, but that it spans over uh, a 16-year period. Wow. Yeah. And, and John a just, you know, if if you had asked anybody, I think going into all stars one, like where she ranks in the, the hierarchy of goats, you would say, yeah, she's like a perfectly fine average Mm -hmm. challenger. And after this, it's like, get a, her, a a carving of her fucking face on Mount Rushmore, dude. She's one of the greatest of all time. Yeah. I mean, 500k John A. Really <laughs> I like that. I like that. Um, I saw it in Challenge Mania Nashville this past week, and they had two championship belts for her. Which, by the way, have we done a podcast since I was in New Orleans? And no, were- no, that is on the docket. We got to hear about your experience down there. Well, and yours, right? I don't remember if we chatted about San Francisco. I think we must have a little. Because remember, we went down to like the 49ers game. And I played like cornhole with Kendall. Did we not talk mm-hmm. about this? I don't know. We, it's, it's also hard to know at this point what's, what we've talked about, just the two of us. Because I'm like, yeah, of course we talked about it. But I'm like, oh, there wasn't a microphone. Right, um, right. Yeah, I mean, good for John A. Because I think I think John A. proved a lot to herself season one. Mm-hmm. You know, she, she won for the women. If yes, she been, should be a three-time champ. She should be a three-time champ, which is fucking wild to think about that somebody could come on and sweep it like that. Like... She won for the women. There just wasn't a woman's winner in the, mm-hmm. in the first season of All-Stars. Which, um, questionable from which the beginning. I'm, I'm really glad that they adjusted. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think she proved something to herself. I think she probably knew that coming back, a lot of people were, I mean, people were questioning whether or not she was good enough to, or, or in the in the lore of all stars, you know, right, right. Um, most people know her from being in a toxic relationship with a toxic person, and I think she was really ready to change that narrative, and she did. She exactly hit a that. grand slam three times in a row. She absolutely Shit. kicked ass. And one was like five minutes after giving a baby, after birthing a baby. Yeah, yeah. All right, so that is All Stars 3. Yeah, let's jump into a little bit about uh, your time at Challenge Mania down in New Orleans because that was – was that my birthday weekend? Was that June 19th, June 20th, June 18th? I think so. No, 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 no. We were there – I was there – we were there at the end of March. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Um, Yeah, it was a great time. We – so Brian came down with me. And, um, 
we had been to New Orleans before, but we stayed in an Airbnb outside of kind of everything. Um, so we stayed a little closer in the mix this time. And we got there a couple of days early. The first night that we got there, we went for um, crawfish with Jemmy and her friends that live down there. Nice. Um, too spicy for me, but Brian really enjoyed it. Um, and Jemmy was a very good crawfish eating teacher. There's a whole <laughs> technique. Oh, really? You have to okay. like, yeah, there's a whole thing because it's such a small little um, crustacean. So um, that was really fun. And we were really close to the casino. So we ended up going there almost every day just because it was like fun and March Madness was going on. So there were always basketball games happening in the sports book. Ah, of course. And as you all know, UNC and Duke both made it very far into the tournament. So there was every other night that we were there was either a UNC game or a Duke game. Okay, that's pretty um, epic then. Yeah. I, I, I always um, forget that, that gambling is allowed down there. Yeah. Um, so that was really fun. We spent uh, Friday doing a lot of like sightseeing and some shopping and walking around Bourbon Street. Um, Bourbon Street during the day is the the age bracket where I am now. <laughs> um, <laughs> so that was great. And then Saturday was the event and Scott and Derek were very generous um, as they always are with having Brian and I sort of part as part of all of it. Um, Jemmy was there. Tony was there. Um, Jess McCain showed up and surprised everyone. She wasn't on the, um, the poster, or, you know, whatever. Um, she actually came and met with us the night before with Paige from most likely too. So I got to meet her Shout the out. Night before and chat a little bit. And she's delightful. Um, who else was there? Tech was there and did a stand up set. Was awesome. Oh yeah. Isn't that how they opened the show? Yeah, yeah. That's cool. Very That's funny. fun. Of course. I mean, no one was surprised that tech is funny. Um, and who else was there? I said Jemmy, Tony, Trishel. I was like, I was I was shook to meet Trishel. I mean, she's reality TV royalty. Talk about legend She status. at one point was the most famous person on reality TV. Yeah, no, I, objectively. I don't need anyone's opinion on it. Like, <laughs> um, so I was very excited to meet her. And I feel like I'm forgetting someone. Who else was there? Anyways, um, it was a really, really great time. Challenge Mania was wonderful. We ended up going to the casino again after Challenge Mania with Scott, Tony, and Alyssa. And within like a few minutes, Scott hit like $750 on the roulette table. I hit $400. <laughs> and Alyssa and Tony hit like three or $400. So, Oh, roulette. Um, Love it. I know. I had never played before. Um, it just like wasn't really my game, but it can be dangerously um, addicting. You, you hit a couple times. You're like, yeah, yeah, I can predict yeah. what color comes next. Totally. For sure. For and sure. your money's gone. Well, we hit, we were hitting like specific numbers. That's how oh, you win. Oh, like, damn. Such, okay. That's, I wasn't like betting that much money. You know, you put down $10 on 11 and 11 hits and you win. It's like a 30. Yeah. Isn't it a 30 35 times? To one. Yeah. Yeah. So if you get the right number, that's great. But sometimes you can put down $10 on 10 numbers and lose a hundred dollars on a spin, you know? Yep. Yep. Um, let's see what else we went to a Taylor Swift dance party. Oh, I remember um, that. Yeah. That was super fun. Jemmy texted me when those tickets came out and she was like, just buy them. Don't, don't ask questions. Just buy them. Um, and our friend Brittany was there 
um, my little Slytherin babe. Um, and she came to the party or to the Taylor Swift party too. We got to spend some time with her and that was really great. I feel like You're talking about our, our, our biochemist friend. Yeah. Do you know what she does? She's like such hot shit. I hope she's listening to this. She's full she's on like genius. Like, yes. She's a, a genius, but also she's like, you know, when you watch like law and order SVU and they're like, we got to get this to the lab. She's the fucking lab, bro. Like, <laughs> okay. I remember her telling this on a, a zoom call. That's maybe the coolest job. I know. Um, All right. Shout out Brittany. There, who's wonderful. And yeah, it was just a really, really good time. And you know, we had just lost Coop earlier in, in the month. Right. And I like barely left the house. I mean, to go to work and we really needed something to look forward to. We needed mm-hmm. something to allow ourselves not to be sad. And that was the perfect trip. So as much as I had a great time at challenge mania for us, it really represented something um, different. So it was wonderful. And everyone that we saw there was so nice and, um, yeah, it was a great time. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, it's challenge mania lives are always like the pinnacle of, uh, the community, you know, engagement mm-hmm. and they're always fun. No matter what level of participation you do, you know, I remember meeting some guy that was like, yeah, I, I this must've been in Chicago. They were like, oh yeah, I drove like four hours. I can only stay for the, you know, the show itself. And then I'm driving four hours home on the same day. Mm-hmm. Just like, damn, man, like the the level of commitment and just how everyone is there catching the same vibe and, and wanting to have a good time and, and hang out with these fun. challengers and, and see people that they chat with on Twitter every day. So it is right. a really fun time. And it's almost like if you can go to an event, you should go because I feel like the barrier between cast member and fan is really broken down in a really fun way yeah like you, you really it humanizes yeah, they're them on a lot stage and they're answering your questions but they're also really excited to meet you i mean i think it's equal an, an equal relationship of of who's excited to chat with who i think the most fun times no offense aren't even the show themselves it's the after party and getting you know a quick one-on-one moment with someone you know you've watched on tv for years for sure yeah i was supposed to go to kansas city um, to the the end all be all of challenge mania, shows. right? The the Wesamania show. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's see. Okay, so we still need to talk about challenge uh, USA. USA, yeah. And then we have a few more questions to cover. Cool. Well, let me just drop my hot take right off the top here. So, okay, we watched the premiere a couple weeks ago when it first aired, and I kind of walked away from it being like. Mm, you know, I don't think I liked that. And for me, my, my, my immediate knee jerk reaction was twofold. It was my, my kind of question I kept asking people was, I was like, who are the stars of this show specifically? Like who jumps off the cast list? Who demands the camera? Who, who is, you know, the West, the CT, the bananas, the John a, the Laurel, the car Maria, who are the, the characters that you tune in specifically just to see. And for me looking at the cast before the show and after the first episode, I was like, it's only Tyson. Tyson's the only person that gets me excited on this whole cast. Now that we're a few episodes in and, and obviously I'm not a big brother watcher, so I don't know. Hard. I know only the most superficial 
and and surface level stuff about the cookout alliance and all that uh obviously i know like justine and some of the people from love island too uh but i think my my other takeaway was like I thought the producers put a little too much faith in the format and thinking that that could translate with any cast. And this cast just didn't particularly excite me. And so therefore it was leaning a lot on the format of the show. And I didn't think, yeah, the format was maybe not strong enough. Is not the right word, but wasn't compelling enough for, for me to tune in no matter the cast. And okay. I think since then I, I've loosened up a little, definitely enjoyed the, you know, two, three, four since then. Um, especially enjoyed this last episode because anytime Shan goes home, that makes me happy. She is the shadiest person on reality TV. Um, but uh, yeah, I've, I've kind of grown to, to really like a couple people on here. And mm-hmm. I, I do, I'm very curious your thoughts on, the algorithm twist in how they, they change the, the partners every single week. Do you think that adds to the show in making, because clearly the divides are survivor, big brother, amazing race, love Island. Like there's such strong divides between where the show you came from to be on this, that they're like, it, do you think it's a clever twist forcing everyone to basically work with everyone at some point? Or is it just making it like too muddled and actually forcing everyone even further into their, you know, previous show alliance because your loyalty to your partner only lasts one challenge and one elimination. I can't decide how I feel about the algorithm. So let me back up a little bit because basically what you said, uh, what makes it less compelling for you is what makes it compelling for me. So we are used to watching the challenge where we know everybody. Our biggest complaint over the last few years is when they've brought people in and we're like, who the fuck are these people? I want to watch the challenge proper with people I've been watching for 10 years. That's the only people I want to be cast on this show, period. Well, this obviously can't be that. But what they've done that's so smart is rather than try and cast the challenge the way they cast Big Brother or Love Island or Survivor with a bunch of, no offense, nobodies. Um, they were smart in bringing people who A, are from the same shows, so they have reality TV experience, mm-hmm. and B, they know each other. So that like essence of the challenge, I feel like you still get because of all the intrapersonal relationships that you're watching unfold. You're totally, I'm, you're totally I'm right, so and glad it's just we're a watching different... it with a bunch of people who know each other mm-hmm. and have played reality TV. Because I feel like they can jump right into what makes the challenge the challenge. You're totally right, and it's just like a different flavor. And for me, you know, I've always been a picky eater. You know, it takes me a couple tries to <laughs> to understand why people like eating broccoli, but I eventually got there. Okay. <laughs> Uh, but I totally get what you mean. Yeah. It it was clever of them to cast a bunch of people from big brother 23 cast a bunch of people. It kind of actually didn't matter which season they cast from survivor because all the survivor people end up knowing each other. But, uh, Mm -hmm. that, that is a really good point. And, um, 
So, so who are some of your favorites this season so far? So we were talking before we hit record about how funny this is because you are familiar with Survivor. Mm-hmm. And Love uh, Island 2. Love Island, Love Island 2. And maybe The Amazing Race, you said? I, I definitely know James and, uh, God, I always forget her name, but the, the other girl that was just partnered with Tyson this most recent episode. Kayla. Kayla, yes. Kayla Platt. I like her a lot. I like Kayla. Um, I watched Love Island 3. And I also watched Big Brother 23 and the most recent Big Brother All-Stars, which is where Enzo came from. So I feel like between the two of us, we have this like full knowledge of these people. Um, So with that being said, I obviously really like Tyson. Um, How could you not? He is the Wes of this show. A thousand Um, percent. Perfect analogy. Everybody, he knows it. They all know it. It's just agreed upon that he's smart. I will say he's a little more warm than I thought he would be. However, I think if it weren't for the algorithm, he would not be that warm and friendly to a multitude of people. Mm, I think if the algorithm didn't exist, he would be laser focused. Him and Angela win as much as possible, send people in. It's a wrap. But he knows he's smart enough to know that when this person goes off to be with a new person next week, I still need them to like me. Right. So, you got to have good relations with kind of everyone. Cause at some point you will be matched up with them. Yeah. So I think he, he has read the situation and he is much more likable than he a, maybe needed to be in the past. That's, that's a really good point. Uh, um, let's see who else. I, I, okay. This guy, Leo, which I didn't realize they like brought people back to play amazing race. He's played the show three times. Mm. What is with his obsession with cats? Like, I don't know, man, he is such a try hard. It's, it's really, really bizarre. And, and maybe it's the edit, but he seemed way too excited that there was a question about cats. Mm -hmm. Uh, Um, I do. I love Danny. He was great on survivor. Wait, where's Danny? Who's He's Danny? the uh, guy that played in the NFL. Like a oh, yeah, ago. yeah. Kiki. He's Kiki's husband. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> That's the way to put it. That is t- uh, totally correct. Can't go um, a full confessional without mentioning his wife. You know what? I love it. I absolutely love it. This man said, my girl is going to get as much screen time on this damn show as I do. Um, <laughs> we, Brian and I loved Giovanni on... Love Island. Okay. He is so funny and he is like an absolute goofball dipshit. So that is one that was definitely gone too soon. But from Love Island now, I still really like Cinco and I really love Shannon. Um, Shannon's funny. I didn't. So Diane and I did watch like the first couple episodes of Love Island three last summer. Didn't really love her from the beginning, but you know, it's, that's like literally 1% of the show. If you watch just the first week. So, so just in like in 10 seconds, the guy that she finished um, or, or that she like partnered up with on Love Island, uh-huh. they were together from day one. They were like so infatuated, um, very sweet story. He, his sister, unfortunately, passed away during filming. Oh, and geez. 
they left together and they were to get, they've broken up now, which is such a bummer, but they were together for a really long time. So I have this little thing for her that she was like kind of the sweetheart of that show. Hmm. Okay. And Cash and Cinco were an item leaving the show, yes. too, correct? Cinco had a complicated situation. He had an entanglement, if I've ever seen one, <laughs> with a couple other women. And I really liked Cash on Love Island, but she's just not hitting the same on the challenge. Um, For sure. And it's not really her fault that they're getting so much of this like love story edit, but they can only edit it if you talk about it that much. And you must be talking about it that much. Like that's true. This is a physical competition show. You can't be the girl who's caught up on her ex. I I will say so glad that Selly and Justine like are always a a deal. Like you you get Mm -hmm. one, you get both. They were the best part of love Island too. like love their friendship. Love that. They're just like always down for each other. Uh, mm-hmm. Bum that Sally went home. See uh, episode one, but don't think she really had that great of a chance to win. Justine on the other hand is like undercover super athlete. She's a I mega badass. I love her. She reminds me so much of Priscilla hmm, okay. from double agents. Like just that like super confident vibe that they both have, mm-hmm. um, but managed to stay under the radar. Um, I watched Big Brother 20. I did not like Angela on that show, but it was only because she was in the alliance that I wasn't rooting for. Um, but I really like her on this show. I think she's, like, thriving and doing really well. Um, Is she still dating the ramen noodle hair dude? Tyler, I think so. Um, I like Kayla. She seems fun. Kylan is so corny, but it kind of feels like Nelson is still there. <laughs> yeah, I totally catch that vibe. I was okay. Well, I guess since you know we're getting to the end of this, what did you make of the Alyssa and Xavier relationship dynamic with her mm-hmm. ultimately betray? I mean, obviously, I don't really know what happened in BB twenty three, but sounds like they were friends, but it was kind of fake on his part because he was really yeah. working with the cookout, and so they're like besties, but. She obviously felt betrayed and wanted to get her revenge on him. For sure. I think like what Derek and Alyssa um, are not coming out and saying is that they understood and they, they supported the efforts of the cookout. I mean, that was the vibe. Like everyone wanted to see that happen. Everyone wanted history to be made. It was definitely a greater good situation, but I think it still hurts. Like, feeling like a friend hurt you sucks either way. So I really appreciate Alyssa's ability to be like, that was then I'm happy that that happened. I understood why those things needed to happen, but that's not what I'm going to do here. Um, I think her move against Xavier this past week was probably too soon, but I think she probably had a conversation with Kyland about like, I may not be teamed up with another person who would say yes to this, for the rest of the time, um, I may not be in power again. I got to roll the dice and hope that he gets sent home. Hmm. Um, I think oh. if it goes the other way, it looks like the dumbest fucking thing anybody's ever done. Sure. But yeah. It worked out in her favor. Also sort of double insane strategies from Xavier. One to not think that people were going to be gunning for you because you had already won. Mm -hmm. you know, the show directly leading up to this. And then two, his actual tangible strategy with Shan in that elimination to just take 
the penalty, which they had mm-hmm. established he was going to do from the beginning. Uh, I, I don't think the other team knew that they had committed penalties. It seemed like they were actually trying to obey the, mm-hmm. the rules, but still got a 22nd versus the 52nd. And if you look at the end, you know, I, I don't know really how close Shan and X were, but hey, 30 seconds in a puzzle can be game changing. Oh my God, that's so much time. Yeah, so uh, questionable long term game strategy and very questionable in elimination strategy from from him and then it, you know, of course fresh meat when they had to do the those uh the eliminations were the what were they called oh where uh, they would like leave they had to take yeah, their luggage we're gonna, get, they we're to gonna get roasted for not knowing this <laughs> listen it's been a long time guys <laughs> um anyways there was a thing there where you got a penalty if you didn't try the puzzle and there were a couple people that right. when they did that. They were like, fuck the puzzle. We'll take the penalty. We just got to, I think we can go faster if we just keep running and we can make up the time. I think that's what, that's what Xavier's move reminded me of, of like, I just feel like if we, you fuck the penalties, we can do this faster. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe it was called exile after, you know, I was going to say that, but that just didn't seem totally right. not but a quick Google search and just found that in my brain. Totally not. Um, also Logan, uh, Sarah with the bad eyebrows. Mm. Is, is this like a blue lives matter situation? Here? Oh, you catch on quick, huh? Oh, yeah. Okay, cool, she is cool, cool, maybe cool, cool. the most hated, like modern survivor player and winner. Okay. Um, yeah, it, it doesn't help your case when every, uh, interview with you with her is like you know as a police officer this is how i approach the situation as a cop as it's just like not only is that just like so part of her personality but like she can't even help herself but not think of life in that way and then Mm -hmm. yeah her her social media presence is not very uh not very liberal i'll I'll leave it at that yeah no shit okay so um we got a couple of questions about challenge usa so let's go ahead and cover them so this is also from vic they're kind of the same so he said when and how can we get tyson onto the flagship and then kelsey said do you think people like tyson kayla angela etc would be good for the main show main is in quotes or are they better suited for the cbs spinoff so Um, not that i have any paramount mtv cbs insight this is purely firing from the hip you know with Mm -hmm. zero knowledge which is my favorite thing to do um i don't think any of these people will end up on the mtv challenge and i think that they're trying to make this the flagship challenge show so i think Mm. they're trying to move the the focus away from this being our favorite little mtv show to Oh guys, there's this brand new big amazing CBS competition show. And yeah, it yeah. like came from somewhere else and they still sort of air it on MTV or whatever, but this is the one we really want you to watch. So gotcha. if I had to put money down, I would guess no one gets put on the other show. I think they probably try to do and I'm also not entirely sure what the continuing format is to get to the whatever TJ called it, the challenge world Olympic final whatever the hell that this is all leading to because you know aren't they doing like a brazil version yeah. and a something else version and whatever yeah, like the worldwide challenge 
competition or something. So I don't know if there's going to be, you know, like multiple of these USA versions to get kind of a pool of winners to send to that. But if push came to shove and I had to put money down, I would guess you're either a CBS challenge person or an MTV challenge person and all new people coming onto CBS shows will be filtered into the CBS challenge. And I mean, yeah, kind of leaving MTV with not really a huge pool of people to, to pull from if they're not able to pull from these CBS shows anymore. I don't know. Obviously there's tons and tons of changes behind the scenes and how they're producing these, these shows moving into the future. I am kind of basically aware of, of what the format and who the cast is for uh, this season 38 that just wrapped up. Um, mm-hmm. Please, please, please don't send me any spoilers. But yeah, it's new people, I love how, right? Like, but our like, please new on the podcast, our please have always been like you being like, please don't send me the spoilers in my DMs. And mine's like, please don't call me a bitch in mine. <laughs> We have we have different problems. Yours are often more toxic than mine. Yes. Um, Do you think they interesting take they they bring people over? Do you think Dom ends up on MTV's challenge? First of all, fuck Dom because he sure did have all this shit to say about cash, and then he's like this like forty. This is like this is the ultimate experience of working with a man did you guys miss feminist Allie because she's back because i know i did not watch some (laughs) 40 year old fucking schlubby dude talk shit about a very fit who by the way they work out every day on love island she was like leading the workout that's right with for other people like are you fucking kidding me with this guy this show is made for people like cash sir you are the exception you are this guy didn't think a shark was an animal bro I thought it was a fish, a as if a was. fish can't be a fucking animal. Also, somebody said whale in the same round. Where were you at then, Dom? Okay. <laughs> yeah, good point. <laughs> I only know one Dominic, and his last name is Toretto. So <laughs> get the fuck good. out of my face. That's good. Okay. Um, I, so I have a follow-up question, and then I want to answer this question. Do you think we will see the sweethearts of our challenge on MTV make their way over to CBS? Like, do you think season two of the Challenge USA is like – there's Johnny bananas and, and Wes, uh, mercenaries. Like where do you, do you see any overlap outside of the Olympics? I do, but I think it would have to be, you know, like a Josh, a Fessy, a Casey, people that were Mm. already affiliated and came from a CBS show. I I just, for some reason, don't think that they want to, and I don't even think like muddying the waters is the right phrase here, but I don't think they want to, put MTV quote unquote people on this show. And if you had, if you already come from a CBS program, that is literally the only yeah. thing on your resume. It, you it need very to be much on this. feels like the private school and the public school are eventually going to go head to head. Yeah. The, you know? Yeah. Um, I see that. Cause these are all like, <laughs> I mean, we've seen the worst of the worst from the MTV people and we have not, we have seen edited altered versions of the CBS people. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I will agree with you. I don't think that these people, any of them will ever make their way to the MTV version. Um, I think the way Tyson and Angela are playing is incredible, but I think when you have 30 new people or whatever 
somebody has to be the best. So I'm imagining Tyson and Angela kick ass on this show. You know, people like Kayla who are really fun to watch. People like, let's see, um, you know, Cinco seems like he'd be perfect for the challenge on MTV. Yep. He's got Shannon perfect for the challenge on MTV. Um, Kyra, Kira. But Alyssa, yeah, Kira. Um, but I mean, my, my thing is like, if those folks went to the challenge on MTV, they would be targeted and be some of the first out. It's easy to be the best when everyone's new. And I'm not right. saying this game is easy. I'm not downplaying what Tyson and Angela have been able to accomplish already. And even like Kylan just won his second one. Um, Aza has done really well. I, I loved David talking about Justine's uh, resume already. He called people out. at the That was legit. That was fun. I'm glad he David needed that. I know you don't know David's big brother history, but that man needed a W. So okay, anyways, okay. I'm not saying any of this shit is easy, but I'm just saying, I think these people would get eaten alive by people who had played this game already. So even if they made it over to the show, I don't know if they would have the same experience that they've been having. Okay. that That's a totally good, great point. Yeah. It's uh, it, it is sort of fun. Yeah. To have, all of these players playing a quote unquote new game, but really it's just, you know, a uh, new version and they're all new mm-hmm. to it. So yeah, it, it, it will be curious to see if there's a season two or whatever the, the stepping stones are to get to this super Uber mega Olympic, whatever the mm-hmm. hell final challenge world show ends up being. Yeah. Um, Vic also asked how many winners from the flagship and all stars do you foresee slash want to see invited to the tournament of champions. So answering for this as well, I think what's going to happen is everyone who makes the final of this show, whoever that is, gets invited to the tournament of champions. It's going to be like the Disney channel Olympics when we were kids and everyone gets split up into their teams and you have like the Jonas brothers and Miley Cyrus competing against Zac Efron (laughs) and everyone from Hannah Montana. Um, I actually had that exact thought too. I was like, well, they can't just bring one winner or, you know, one guy, one girl winner. It'll no. have to be a couple. So I, I thought the same thing. I thought it was everyone who made the final. Yeah, I think you'll have, like, a team of maybe, like, six or eight people that come from here. I don't even know. Is All-Stars guaranteed to be included in the tournament thing? I'm not I, really I don't sure. think so. I really just think it's just these CBS shows. Um, Yeah. Anyways, I'm enjoying it, but it but it's because I don't really know anybody. I'm not really rooting for anybody. I'm just enjoying watching the format of the show I've been watching for a really long time with people I've never really been that invested in. I mean, I don't follow any of them on Instagram, if that tells you. <laughs> That's a good barometer, actually. <laughs> Definitely not Sarah, because God knows. Um, okay, let's see. We talked about Nehemiah versus Derek. Um, I got two questions about Secrets of Dumbledore. Um, oh, yes. So Yeah. Um, that old thing, seven and a half months that ago. That old thing. And let's see. Oh, Danny said, how does Logan feel about his big sparkly news? And Eduardo said, what was the best part of Croatia? I think we know the answer. Um, and he asked me, how does it feel to be verified? Oh my God. The biggest news of the last eight months. How have we waited until an hour in? We've been bearing the fucking lead. <laughs> we are like, are we an hour in? We have to be more than that. We've been here forever. Um, you got well, a you blue go check. 
me first for what? My favorite part of Croatia? Yeah. And Get- how do you feel about your sparkly news? Getting engaged was amazing. It was a really, really beautiful, magical moment. Just honestly, having no plans once we got to the back end of the trip, once we were in Dubrovnik, other than, you know, like a dinner reservation or a boat ride, Mm -hmm. not not like any full day trip plans, was so nice to just be able to relax at the end of the trip, hang out at Bouja Bar. Yeah, be able to admire the ring that I bought. Um, It was... Dubrovnik, guys, gotta check it out. Hit me up for some wrecks. It was incredible. I want to correct you and say the ring that you designed. That is true. Yeah. So um, Diana picked out the style that she wanted, but my dad had a really cool Art Deco style ring that actually had a a diamond in it. Uh, You know, that's kind of non-traditional for for men to have. Mm -hmm. And um, so I wanted to take the diamond out of the one at the store and have this one put in. So it was, you know, a little family heirloom and kind of a throwback style and, you know, felt yeah. really familial and personal. So that was very touching to me and also incredibly stressful because I only got the <laughs> ring about 48 hours before the flight after nine Oof. weeks of waiting for it. Yeah. Uh, well, after like six and a half years and then nine weeks and then <laughs> the whole thing. But yep, yep. Um, I love the, the ring is so beautiful and I love that it feels like there's so much history to it because mm-hmm. then you went and got engaged in a place that has so much history. Like it just feels like your engagement and your marriage is just going to be so like deeply connected to the things that came before you. You know oh, what I mean? Thank you. That That means a lot. Yeah. Nobody uh, write that down because I'm going to put it in my toast. It looks like. <laughs> That's good. Damn, That's I good. really have to do better than that now. Okay. Um, so I am verified on Twitter. Um, what and- was the, the straw that broke the camel's back that you finally – because you have to submit like yeah. paperwork and an application for it, right? So let me just start by saying I am not verified because of anything having to do with the challenge. I'm going to say that again. As much as that pains me. I'm not verified because of anything that has to do with the challenge. So if you think that other people should be verified instead of me, that's probably true. But it's not really my responsibility to mitigate that situation for you. (laughs) Um, What had happened was, um, so I work for a verified news source. If you look at WCHL Chapelboro on Twitter, we are verified. We provide daily local news to Chapel Hill, Carborough, Pittsburgh, Hillsborough, Durham. I am a content creator. So the way that I got verified is because you can go to chapelboro.com and look at articles that I have written. I tweet them often. I wrote about Eric Church canceling that concert to go to the NCAA tournament. Right, um, right. I wrote about a local woman who runs a nonprofit being recognized as a CNN hero. Um, I write a, two different monthly columns right now. So basically, I am verified because someone could pretend to be me and say that their that that my work was their work or vice versa. So because I am a content contributor to a verified source, that is why I'm verified. I don't even know why I feel like I have to explain this because it it is what it is, but that is why I'm verified. Um, Several of us at the radio station got verified in the same day. It was like, really? 
it was like when Facebook hit a million people, like <laughs> um, because all of <laughs> us were great. just like lining them up and knocking them down on getting verified. Um, it is very cool to have the at verified follow you. That feels cool. You get an email um, that says like, guess who's verified or look at you go or. Do you get a plaque or, or uh, a gift card or anything? <laughs> No, I just get people asking me why I'm verified. <laughs> so I don't know what to tell you. It's it's. Uh, I feel I I feel like um, I'm gonna just say one dumb thing and they're gonna take it away. Like the first tweet after you get verified is it's kind of important, stressful. kind of a big deal. Stressful because you're like the verified account is following me. If I tweet some dumb shit right now, they might be like, we have made a mistake and rip my blue check away from me. But it hasn't I've made happened a huge yet. mistake. Um but yeah, it feels uh sort of silly but also very fun to be verified. I told no, my brother really cool. last week that I was verified and he didn't know what the fuck that meant. <laughs> Everything is relative, guys. That's true. No, that's a, I mean, it's a big deal. It, it proves that you work for a verified and important news source to the community mm-hmm. and yep. that you are a part of that team that informs your city. Yeah. So that yeah. it's, if you take nothing else with you tonight, please take with you that I am not verified because of anything <laughs> that has to do with the challenge. Thank you and good night. Yeah, there is there is no world in the in the near future in which I am getting verified. So that should be the the line of demarcation that <laughs> this is not I rotten have banana. Suspicion people wouldn't care as much if you did. Um, let's see what other questions do we have. I think we we've almost covered them. Hang on. Amanda, sweet Amanda, who I finally met in New Orleans after oh, she nice. was the one that didn't say hi to us in Nashville and then tweeted us like. Why didn't I say hi to you guys? So we met. She tweeted, I haven't had the heart to delete the last two episodes you recorded. They're just sitting in my downloads, which I thought oh was so Oh, my God. So that cute. warms my heart. Yeah. Um, Ashley Lamana said, where is your favorite city to hang out with me, Orlando or Orlando? <laughs> I was going to say, I think it's always one place. <laughs> We've only hung out in Orlando. Oh, there's a lot of, there's like a thunderstorm happening. So if I lose power, we out. Um, okay. Secrets of... Dumbledore. Let's talk about it. Have you Man. seen it, Logan? I mean, I saw it the week that it came out back in December. Oh, good for you. I'm really proud. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I watched the first 20 minutes, not thinking that it would be something Diana was interested in. And then I stopped. It. I was like, okay, we're going to have to restart this. I know she's going to love it. Mm-hmm. Um, I obviously enjoyed it more than the second in this franchise. The second mm-hmm. was a, a little bit of a mess, a little bit all over the place. Um, it's confusing only because there's no um, source material. Like, ah, right, okay. These aren't books that I've read, and I'm watching them play out. So you you get to watch it differently. But being that it's in the same universe, that's a little weird because you're like, I know everything there is to know about Albus Dumbledore, you know. But we really don't. Um, it seems really plagued with issues, like this Ezra Miller. Shit I know. Is and like. The Johnny Depp situation, obviously, it's confusing at best because three different people have now played Grindelwald. I was just going to say the Johnny same thing Depp until the end of the first film, right? And then it was Johnny Depp, and now it's um Mads Mikkelsen. 
He's great. I thought he was great. I wish that all the Johnny Depp bullshit hadn't been attached to him mm-hmm. because I thought he was a great Grindelwald. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, it's a movie about magical creatures. So, like, obviously I'm going to have a great time and enjoy it surface level. Do I think it's going to impact me the way that Harry Potter has? Absolutely not. Um, but It's been a I'm little like, bit what? diminishing returns, you know, going – with each fantastic beast that, that have come out. And I think it's twofold. I think it's, yeah, not pulling from like beloved source material and also just the, like you mentioned the, the marketing, not that they fumbled it, but they were just, they were just dealt a really tough hand with, with this Ezra Miller Miller stuff. And and of course the Johnny Depp stuff that like, It's hard to make the face of the franchise someone who captures underage kids? Question mark? Backtrack a little bit. The the face of the franchise is Newt Scamander. Right. Eddie Redmayne, of course. And he's excellent, perfect. Eddie Redmayne Mm -hmm. is the person to play this role. Um, But yes, to your point, it, it just feels like you have to overlook a lot. And you know what? Maybe it's karma because J.K. Rowling turned out to be a giant piece of shit. And only getting worse maybe that's what happens too. when you launch a new franchise and you're a fucking asshole. Um, it attracts other fucking assholes to your projects. Yeah, that's definitely been uh, a disappointing element of being a Potter fan the last couple of years and how For sure. insistently outspoken that she she has been. Yeah. You know, and then there's also, yeah, she sucks. She's terrible. Uh, detach the Harry Potter stuff from her. Like, mm-hmm. I am, have debated going to a hypnotist so that they could convince me that someone else wrote Harry Potter <laughs> so I could feel better about it. Um, I would say with Secrets of Dumbledore, the political side of things was interesting. That, like, you've got this horrible, terrible, no good, very bad wizard running for office. Right, That feels right. interesting. Um, and the conversation about, like, women in power. Um you know, a, a, a woman is the head of Makusa um, in the United States. And then at the end of it, a, a woman was elected the head of the entire like magical world. So right, yes. love to see that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm enjoying it face value. It's not going to change my life. There's not going to be any tattoos involved. Um, but I, I, you know, I'm enjoying it for what it is while also keeping it back in my mind that some of these people are terrible. I hope they fire Ezra Miller. Uh, I don't see any situation where he like has a, I don't know how they have forward. Yeah. Um, I will say this, not specifically secrets of Dumbledore related, but over the weekend, you know, we, I was doing a bunch of stuff at my parents' house. My sister's here. So we were back in, in San Francisco in the city Saturday night. And I was taking my dog out for a skate as I do. And I was skating down the Marina green Boulevard and I see this gigantic, you know, 30 foot, uh, blow up screen that clearly there's going to be like a movie night in the park. And I just kept cruising by. I was like, you know, there's 50 to a hundred people set up out there. For those of you unfamiliar, summer doesn't start here until October. So, uh, whatever <laughs> it was Saturday, July 29th, it was about 45 degrees and completely foggy everywhere. I'm sure when they booked this, they were like, oh yeah, it'll be a a nice hot summer night. Nope. Never in San Francisco. And of course they were playing 
Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part Two. Amazing. So the the fandom lives on. There are still public screenings, and I, I just love to see. You know, it was all ages. There was families. There was us. Uh, you know, lame ass millennials hanging out out there. It was it was really cool to see. I love that. That's so fun. Yeah, I, I um when the in the, our first fall of, or our first summer fall of COVID, um there's a drive-in movie theater uh in the town where Brian grew up and they showed several weeks back to back. They're only open on the weekends of um of, of all the Harry Potter films. So cool. yeah, I love that it's still a thing. Um I, I kind of quit I, I kind of wish they would quit making it making more things. I'm glad Cursed Child exists on stage. I'm I'm I don't know what's going on at HBO about a potential new series that's happening there. Right, right. That and there's that new game been, coming out soon, right? Yeah. So I mean, I know that it has the like infrastructure and the capacity just to continue to grow, but it's like, I don't want them to reboot One Tree Hill either. You know what I mean? I, I want it to just be what it is. It's special enough. The rumors of a own. reboot have been have been swirling for a couple years now. Of what? Of the entire Harry Potter franchise to, to just start from oh. the beginning. No, ha, no. Has it not? I swear I've, I've, I've seen that they were thinking oh, about Oh, I, I don't know. It. I'm saying no. Like Oh, you don't want it. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think that's uh, everything we wanted to chat about today, right? Yeah. What's coming up for you next in the next few months, the next few weeks, whatever you want to. Uh, I've got a lot more weddings still. This has been the the year of the wedding for our, all of our friends. Um, yeah, still working on some film projects. I've got my project coming up. And then, I don't know, going down to Mexico for, for my good friend Dave's wedding from from uh, my buddy from Colorado. I don't know. Yeah. Kind of, it, it's was a very, very hectic and crazy summer. Uh, we'll be selling my parents' house. So that's been kind of every moment that I've had free from, from work or whatever, I've been, you know, dealing with that. So that'll be sort of nice to, to have that finalized when that goes through. Hopefully it's on the market later this fall. So I don't know, kind of, kind of ready to, to take it easy a little bit heading into the fall. What about you? Um, I think in the next month or so, some things are going to fall off my plate, which is wonderful. Um, Brian and I are planning a New York city trip for almost a week Nice in December. Brian's never been. Um, we're actually going to take the train up to the city. So it goes through, uh, like Richmond, DC, um, Philly. Are you guys stopping in all these places or just cruising through? No, just cruising through. Um, but it, I think it's going to be a really cool way to kind of like see all those places. Definitely. On your way up. Um, and then Duke play Duke basketball, Duke men's basketball plays in a, um, that Madison square garden tournament. So we're going to go to that. We're going to go see Cursed child. I'm going to go to Tiffany's. Very <laughs> Awesome. Sounds like a great trip. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be fun, but that's, you know, other things here and there, obviously airing stuff is, is always still happening. Crown stuff is still happening. Um, got the Nashville conference next week and you know, a little macaroni to take care of. Yeah, for real. You got that, that beautiful baby. <laughs> well, we really appreciate all of you who, you know, never unsubscribed 
uh, over the last uh, eight months. You guys are, will be the first ones to see this hit the feed. So I'm excited know. for people who aren't on Twitter to get the update <laughs> that there's a new episode available. Right, right. Um, and yeah, I say don't unsubscribe. You never know when we'll, we'll drop sort of a, another life update and, you know, have a, a few fun things to discuss as alley chat with you is always one of my favorite things. I'm glad we got to do this for a couple hours again. Yeah, Felt like old too, times. Buddy. Felt like old times. I agree. Down to the white claw and the loud lemon. Hell yeah. I guess with that said, there's only one thing left. Rotten Banana Podcast. We out!